Hello and welcome to Talking Books. It does feel a little bit more like spring is on the way today and about time too. Today on Talking Books, we welcome back Bethany Askew, (laughs) local author who's been on the show before to discuss her writing and the World War II diaries that she's been collating. We'll talk a little bit more about that later. Today she's here to talk about her latest writing project and share with us some of her poetry for the first time. So welcome, Bethany. Good morning, Susie. Thank you for having me back. Oh, you're welcome. First of all, for anyone who's never heard you on the show before, could you tell us a little bit more about what made you become a writer and the sort of things that inspire you? I always wanted to be a writer, but we all know life intervenes in what we hope to do in life. Um, Obviously, there are other things one has to do. One has family commitments and all these things get in the way. And then when one gets rid of one's family, one often has parents to look after. But then eventually I found that I did have the time to write. I was working part time at the time and I found that um, I had an idea for a novel. So I I simply started writing it. Mm. Um, I know that when I've spoken to people before, they have been surprised that a novel was the first thing I started on rather than something easier like an article for a magazine or a short Mm. story. But I had always felt Mm. that I I could write and I could write a book. Mm. I, I felt that was something I could always do. The biggest problem I have as a writer, I know not everybody has this problem, is that I do like to write about things that I know or Mm. have experienced. I find it very hard to step outside that. So I couldn't write a crime novel or a thriller. I do prefer to write about relationships, family life, marriage, remarriage, Mm. how relationships change, step families, things that I have experienced And I feel that people, certainly I know I like reading books like that. And I think people do find that interesting. And it is something that that people do enjoy reading. And they can really relate to. It's sort of something that they can pick up and and, and maybe feel that they're they're empathising properly with the characters. That's that's what I feel, as I said, Mm. certainly. And that's why I write books like that. That's what interests me. Women's position in society, Mm. the compromises women make in relationships... I think we make more compromises than men. I may get <laughs> some men disagree there, but certainly I do. Mm. Certainly when it comes to families and step families, it's often mm. the women who, who make all the compromises yes, and, 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 the and try to fall mm. for the peace of the, of the entire family. And that's what yeah. I like to write about. How many titles have you actually published now? Because it's, it's grown since we last saw you. It certainly has. The very first book I wrote, I will, I will never publish. It's very much a first work. I have tried reworking it with a view to publishing it, but whatever I do to it, it it's too nebulous. It doesn't mm. pull together. It, it, there's no pace, it, 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 and the characterisation is poor. So I haven't published that. I have written five novels. Mm. Four of them are published on Kindle, so people can download them to their iPad. It doesn't mm. have to be a Kindle reader. You can actually down- yes. download it to your own iPad, which many people have an iPad nowadays. So there are four published, plus a short story. So there are five yes, words. the short story is your ghost story. It is, which I believe you've read. Yes, I have and enjoyed it very <laughs> yes. much. And you actually read it as a as a whole program didn't yes, you? Yes I did yes. yes I read an abridged version of it suitable yes. for the <laughs> <laughs> yes a couple of bits yes <laughs> 
this follows on really from what you were just saying, but you write contemporary fiction. Would you say it's aimed mostly at the women's market? It is. Yes, it is women's commercial literature. Mm-hmm. The only one that isn't contemporary fiction, which would be would be The Counting the Days, which was based on my parents-in-law's letters yes. during World War Two. That is the most difficult book I wrote because it's based on fact rather than imagination. Yes. But yes, my other novels are, are women's commercial literature. Yes, yeah. that, that's what I would base them as. So your latest book is called Poppy's Poppy's Seed. Yes. Give us a short summary about it, if you can, because I know if it is something about real life, sometimes it's just hard to summarise. Again, this is about relationships and about how they change at different times of our lives. And um, having recently retired when I began to write it, I was aware that retirement is a hugely difficult time on a relationship. Um, when When a wife suddenly finds that her husband is around all the time, whether she's worked full time, part time or never worked at all, it is a big strain. And men in particular find this a time when rather than being important and useful, they suddenly feel they're on the scrap heap. And it it is a very, very difficult time in a relationship. And this was based actually on a dream I had about a couple who moved to Lyme Regis. And it was all in my dream. I could see it all about how they'd moved there. I didn't know at the time when I when I had this dream, I didn't know it would be retirement that took them there. But that was just something that happened. Mm-hmm. I happened to retire and thought, oh, I can use that little story that came into my mind. And about how they how they find moving into this town, integrating into the society, making friends. In particular, they meet a girl, a local artist called Poppy James. And she is the sort of the... The reason the book is called Poppy's Seed, she plants a seed in their minds about where their relationship is going, why it's going wrong, and ultimately what they're going to do to put it right again. And that is why it's called Poppy's Seed. Do you find it's quite challenging with with, um, writing so closely about the experiences people might have actually in real life to, to bring the ending to a point where somebody can feel there's resolution because life often doesn't give you those neat resolutions does it does it that that kind of a story is often difficult to finish I think this is one of the criticisms if you like that I've had of my books is that they don't have an ending they do end on a a sort of they are more like a French film where you get a slice of life yeah and you're right you can't resolve it you you can put the 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 reader in the positioning of where they might be and how they would resolve it themselves Mm -hmm. but you can't finish a book like that it can't have a happy ending and I know that in my book that I wrote out of step which I think I talked about last Mm -hmm. time on the program um, again about relationships and remarriage there were three different stories and I didn't give any of them an ending and one of the reviews on Amazon said well, I was looking for a happy ending for each one. And I was thinking, well, life doesn't give you a happy no, ending. <laughs> you know, no. it, it, we're all going through life, resolving what we're doing and coping with the problems that, yes. that life has thrown at us. And very few of us, well, you know what I mean. We yes. can be happy, but we're, it doesn't, it's not an ending. You're it's just something. spending you're just... time with people, actually, aren't you? I mean, if you've, if you've got your characterisation there, you're just spending time with people that you might be interested in 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 real life and I always remember reading Anita Bruckner I was obsessed with Anita Bruckner books when I was in my 20s and I mean she won the Booker Prize but I would cheerfully say that none of her books had an ending no, they, <laughs> they, they always left you thinking oh I thought there was another chapter that's right and what's but going to happen next what's going yes. to happen next and mm. it was always sort of quite mournful 
So actually, you know, you are just giving people a slice of your characters' lives for a very brief period, aren't and you? And I think Maggie O'Farrell is another one. Yes. She gives you a little bit, but, mm. but it stops and you think, well, what, what as you said, mm. is there going to be something else? But yes. it is just a little, as you said, a little look on life, something yes. to think about, something to experience, empathise with. Yes, and the reader you... just has to do a little bit of work and sometimes people aren't prepared for that, I think. I, I think you're right. I, I quite like myself novels that you do have to work at, that you have to try and work out who's who's this and what are they doing and what's happening yes. and what's going to happen next. Yes. I, I do quite enjoy that myself, and which is why I write mm. in the same vein. You're going to read us a little bit, aren't you? Yes. Did you want to introduce sort of where we are in the story before yes. you read and then... Go ahead. Okay. So we have this couple, Emily and Peter, who, as I said, have recently retired to Lyme Regis. In this particular uh, section that I'm going to read, Emily has just been to see Poppy for the first time on her own. She would like Poppy to be her friend. She feels that, that she is different from some of the other friends that she's made who are all the same as her recently retired. She's fascinated by Poppy and, and by her her general what, what she's doing in life. A little younger than Emily, but that doesn't seem to matter. Um, and she's just been to see her on her own and she feels, as, as you'll hear in the little section I'm going to read, that she hasn't handled the whole situation situation at all well. She hasn't brought herself over in the best light. So I'll begin this now. Emily glances at her watch. Peter will be back soon. She moves to the door, catching Poppy's eye, gives her a little wave, doesn't wait to see if she's seen it. She'll hear the bell, know she's gone. Walking back, she relives every moment. She made a fool of herself. She knows she did. She didn't even buy anything. Not that she had the chance, but still. She knows they won't meet again, not like that. Silly of her to think they could be friends. Peter's back already. She can feel it the moment she opens the door. Did it pass the MOT, she asks. Of course, no problem. I've been back for ages. Where have you been? I told you, I met a friend. Oh yes, Andrea, wasn't it? Or Felicity? No, Poppy, the woman who has the shop. The artist, you know. I didn't know she was a friend of yours. She's not. Emily winds her scarf from round her neck. Childish tears prick her eyes. I just thought... Her voice breaks. What's the matter? Peter asks. What's happened? Has someone upset you? No, it's silly. It doesn't matter. He hovers around her, at a loss as usual when she's upset. Please, Peter, I'm fine, honestly. She takes her coat off, hangs it up. Let me get you a cup of tea or something. I've had about a gallon at the garage. I get you one if you like. No, I'm okay. I'll check my emails. I didn't have time before I went out. He watches her as she sits at the table and tucks her, ear, her hair behind one ear. Her face is flushed, from the cold and from being upset. He recognises the telltale mottled red rash that spreads from her cheeks to her neck. She looks different. She's wearing more makeup or something. He puts his arm on her shoulder. He can smell perfume, a smell he realises he hasn't noticed on her for a while. She made all this effort, then someone upset her in that inexplicable way women can be upset. He knows she doesn't want to talk about it. He probably won't understand, even if she did. Whatever it was will soon be forgotten. It always is with Emily. She leans her head briefly against him. Was it okay? At the garage? Any interesting cars? She asks as she waits for her laptop to load. An Austin Healey, 
couple of BMWs. Nothing much else. What would you like to do this afternoon? You can go out if you like. OK, you choose where. I'll just do this, then we can have lunch. Peter's on his way to the study when he hears her phone ringing. He reaches into her coat pocket, lifts it to his ear. Hello, he says. This is Emily's phone, he explains to the bemused silence. Oh, the giggle sounds so young that for a split second he thinks it's Jasmine, but paternal instinct tells him otherwise. You must be Peter, the voice says. This is Poppy. May I speak to Emily? He can tell she's pretty, beautiful even. It's in that throaty giggle, in every perfectly spoken syllable. In the short time it takes him to take the phone to Emily in the kitchen, he has drawn up a mental picture of her. Not only pretty, but young, vivacious, flirtatious, a million miles away from those other boring friends of Emily's. Emily jumps up so quickly she almost knocks over her laptop. He sees the colour flood to her face, the light come into her eyes. She recovers quickly. Hello, she says levelly. Your husband sounds gorgeous, Poppy giggles conspiratorially. I forgot to say, she goes on. We're having some people over. Next Thursday. Private viewing. To look at my work, you know. Susie's idea. Nine o'clock. Both of you, if you're free. Emily makes a big fuss of checking the calendar, even though she knows she would cancel anything booked. But there's nothing. We'd love to, she says. Well, it's really... It's lovely, actually, isn't it? Because you can almost sense from your own life moments like that when you've when something's not quite worked out the way you hoped it would i think as a woman we get very upset at very silly things and we and we look back and we think oh we cringe and we think we've made a fool of ourselves and we could have come yes. over better and yes. uh, i'm i'm hoping that that really comes over yes as well. and i think some men have this kind of innate confidence that you know even if they have made a bit of a blooper it, it is soon forgotten but you know we may hold on to things slightly yeah. longer than others but no that was great thank you so much how do people get hold of a copy you said they're on kindle so presumably they have to download them from amazon yes that that's what they have to do they download it from amazon all my novels are on there as i said all, all four that have been published mm. but i am going to publish as a printed book this year poppy seed because right. I do think it's the best one that I've done. Right. Um, I'm also going to publish Counting the Days, which is the novel about my parents-in-law. Yes. Um, this has been actually requested so many times. Um, my husband and I do talks, do presentations yes, about, about the World War II diaries and <clears throat> about the letters between his parents during the war. Mm. And these have gone down so well. And every single time we do one, when I say to people it's available to download on your iPad... So many people have said, but if you had a printed book, I would buy it. So yes, first of absolutely. all, my, my, my first project this year is, is publishing Counting the Days. When and that's that is, called, that, there's got a website, is it on Active Service? On Active Service is the website. So all the diaries and mm. letters and the photographs are on that website on activeservice.co.uk. Right. And the presentation which Anthony and I do is, is based on that website the novel Counting the Days is a sort of spin-off of that, or maybe the website's a spin-off of the novel. I think the novel came first and then the website, so probably that way around is the way it should be. Yes. Uh, the novel is, uh, it isn't just a, a book of letters, it is actually the story of Anthony's yes. parents. And that one actually begins before the Second World War, when they met, when the first letter was written, 
and it ends at the end of the Second World War. The website just deals with the letters during World War Two, and yes. there are hundreds of photographs that there are. I know you, ke- you and Anthony both came in to talk about the diaries, and Anthony's got a lovely speaking voice as well, hasn't he? So I imagine at talks that goes down very well. Um, and yes, I can imagine people are all itching to come up and buy a copy of the book afterwards, so that sounds like a must-do. Yes. Do you like to be booked for lots of talks, or do you just do the occasional one? No, we'd certainly like to be. We, we're, we're very popular with Rotary Clubs and WIs, <laughs> but it would be nice as well. With We have actually been asked by a local history society. They mm. seem to have found out about us, which was very nice. Um, but but any, any more, any societies, any clubs any individuals that would like to to host our talks we'll be very happy to give those and people can reach me um well they can come through the studio if they like yes, but obviously absolutely. you know they they can find the website which is on activeservice.co.uk or they can they can reach me by facebook bethany askew novelist is a very yes. good way to, to find me but if you do get in touch on studio at 10 radio.org we'll pass any messages on to bethany won't we so if you are um, hosting uh, a local history society or your your convening one. I don't know what the technical term no. is. <laughs> I speak to them on Shellshock Britain and I think they do get a little circle of people that they recommend to one another. So once you're on that loop, you'll probably be asked quite a lot. And it would be very nice then to, to sort of get that with the book launch. So that would be really mm. nice to be able to have, have both. Mm. Uh, and as I said, they have been very popular and you're quite right. Anthony reads from his father's letters, which of course is so appropriate and, and yes. really rather lovely. And yes. we have the photographs of uh, of mine he looks hedging. like him too, doesn't he? Something that doesn't come across well on radio is trying to explain a photograph. But actually, when you see a picture of his father, young, and 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 the wife, there, there's a resem- there's a striking resemblance. Absolutely, isn't there? there is. Yes, yes, Anthony has very much the same set of the head. It's really quite, as you said, quite striking. Yes. And then I read from his mother's letters, and then we we explain the, the, the setting of the letters and why they were written and why we still had them because yes. so few families have any of these letters they were all thrown away and the photographs we are very lucky because if it weren't for my brother-in-law when he was clearing the bungalow when Anthony's parents died he could have just thrown them away but Mm. he actually said I believe there's a story here somewhere Mm. and I said well I will write that story if you let me have them I will see if I can they They are so often you only get one side of the story and the other the other side has to be I know when I'm I'm reading the letters of John Keats mercifully we've got John Keats side of the story because Fanny Braun kept his letters, but of course you have to make up what was coming from the other direction. But you've got both, which I do is have, fabulous. It is. I mean, there are, there are many missing, so you have to sort of make yes. up things in between. But you are quite right. We, we do have them. When I first started collating them, I put them separately and thought, mm. is that going to be the best way to do them? But as I began to read them, I realised, no, you, you, do need, you do need both in, mm. in order. So once I had all the letters which weren't in order, I then put them all in order, mm. read them all through, and then had to decide, as I've said before, how to present the story Mm. and I decided for myself as a novelist that rather than just um, publishing or writing every single transcribing is the word I'm looking for every single Mm. letter it would be nicer to write it as a story and it 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 does come over I think very well as that well that's definitely a definitely something you've got to get onto this year then it takes time though doesn't it because have you found self-publishing to be the best way forward for you because it, it has been the only way I have actually gone to I think I went to your publishers <laughs> I've, oh, gone yes. to, I've gone to various publishers I, I yes it's hard to know I've tried to explain that I think this is so different from many other things because it is a story mm. rather than a just a, a list of you know transcribed you could letters. try again because editors change I mm. mean that's the thing so sometimes you'll spark a 
spark an interest in one editor rather than another. And I think that the um, there are a number of sometimes there are a number of similar books coming out at that time whereas you know wait a year two years you might mm. find that that's different so it's uh it's definitely worth pursuing but certainly for you the kindle route has got your work out there hasn't it, it? certainly has and and one of my books in particular the out of step did in, did well i think quite well you know mm. i had quite a few downloads of that and I, that did really well and then it stops but i think this is quite common when i when i research these things you get quite a few sold and then it'll just completely dry oh, up yes. altogether you know it's yes. very strange but. well it happens with i went into brendan books because i was getting a little bit frustrated because even traditional publishers after a certain amount of time the new all their new list has come on and yours falls off the edge a bit and you do need to keep promoting the books it's really difficult and he said if you've had six months you're lucky so you know even to those books that we see every day on the bookshelves the publishers only work on them for for so long and doing it all yourself is quite tiring and time consuming isn't it and this is one of the reasons why this year I've devoted to publishing because mm. I do have an idea for another book which has sort of come to me and you know which I'm really Write quite interested quick. in I know <laughs> I've got the sort of bones of it but I've got to work on the the the, the, the plot yes. um and I'm trying I think with this one it'll it's not exactly a psychological thriller but I am trying to sort of get it maybe a slightly different angle on things mm. because I'm aware that a book that just takes you from A to B isn't as popular people do like books that sort of dart around in time mm. that they've got to work out a bit that they've got to find out mm. who's doing what and why mm. and I think that maybe it will be the sort of route I will take on the next book um, again it'll be about relationships mm. it's something I'm interested in is that do we really know the people we meet when we meet yes. them? Do we really know them? And is the person you meet the person you, you're expecting them to be? And even if you've mm. heard about them before, are they really that? So it's that sort of thing. Yeah. It's finding out about people. And yes. um, I have a title for it. I can probably say the title. Oh, you it's could, called, by all means. It's called I Know You, Don't I? Ooh, that sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that's got our imaginations fired yeah. up. Yeah, definitely. So <laughs> I think, you know, as I said, I have an idea for it. It's just a question of how it'll work through. Mm. But I think it's it's something I'll have to leave till next year because you're quite right. Publishing takes up a lot of time. And yes. if I'm going to do the counting the days, then obviously the publicity with that. And mm. then later on, the poppy seed, which will come later in the year, which is really the big one I'm hoping for because counting the days is, is a niche audience. Yes. You know, it's a smaller audience. Poppy seed will be a, a bigger. Yes, it'd be popular. Uh, yes, so. yes. Well, we, what we wanted to do also is hear a little bit of your poetry because it's something you do, which is probably secondary to your novel writing, isn't it? But I know it's something you're really enthusiastic about. So read us a little bit without, but she's not going to give us any, any introduction, <laughs> and then we'll take it from there. Okay. This poem is called "Child of My Heart." I dreamed last night. Amelie came back to me. She came running into my arms and I held her warm little body close to me and she laughed. But she'll never come back to me, child of my heart. We had her at her best, a time of innocence, first steps, first words, so much to learn. A time of love, of sunshine and laughter, of blue skies and daisy chains, of fairy forests and made-up tales, walks in the lane and splashing in the puddles playing shops and dancing and swinging under the hazel tree. Through her eyes, the world became a magic place. We walked in the woods. She glimpsed the fairy's wings. She played with my jewellery. She called them lovely things. The wood became a jungle. We voyaged far and wide. Our boat a washing basket. 
the grass, the sea outside. She never belonged to us, always on loan, no less the pain of parting, sorrow like a stone. Time passes fast, she'll grow and change. To me she stays the same, a fairy child of two years old, on whom I have no claim. I see her in the garden, I hear her on the stairs. She peeks in through the window, finds me unawares. The final time I saw her, I didn't know it was the last. A kiss, a wave, and she was gone. Torn from me for all of time. And she'll never come back to me, child of my heart. Ooh, that's terribly sad. It chokes me every time I read it. (laughs) It really does. Thank you so much for sharing that with us. Is there a story behind it? it? Yes. This was a little girl called Emily, who was two, and she lived in the house next door to us. And without going into too many details, um, we looked after her a lot. Her, her, Her parents were going through a difficult time, and we looked after her a lot and uh, Anthony and I and we became as you can see from the from the from the Very poem fond incredibly of fond of her we had an amazing time with her and she was the most beautiful child she really was and then her mother left and took the little girl mm. with her completely flew in the night you know a, a moonlight flit and I never saw her again mm. but she'll but she's there she's in my heart it's very moving thank mm. you so much for sharing that and there is some examples of of your poetry on your website which is bethanyaskew.co.uk yes. it's very easy yes to remember so um thank you so much for that bethany and i i think um you've chosen a piece of music which is quite a moving piece of music as well so would you just like to introduce it and first of all before you introduce the piece of music I'd like to thank you so much for coming in you're a great friend of the program and we enjoy having you on so good luck with all your work this year and we look forward to seeing it all in print thank you very much (laughs) and this is Vizi Date from Puccini's Tosca and the reason I've chosen it is because Poppy was an artist and I think it's quite appropriate to have a, a I lived for art so here we are Vizi Date (laughs) 